Hey everyone, if you're struggling with negative self-talk, addiction, or other unhealthy habits, this episode is for you. We're going to talk about all these things and how running can help you get on the right path for not only your physical health, but also your mental health. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to Inspire to Run Podcast. Here, you will find inspiration. Whether you are looking to take control of your health and fitness or you are a seasoned runner looking for community and some extra motivation, you will hear inspiring stories from amazing runners along with helpful tips from fitness experts. Now, here's your host, Richard Connor. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Inspire to Run Podcast. I'm here today with Nadine Mulvina. Nadine is a wellness educator calling in from New York City. She is the host of the Sober Butterfly podcast, which is a weekly show and community for sober people. I'm so excited to have Nadine on the show. So welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Richard. So excited to be here. Yeah, for sure. So just for our listeners, Nadine and I met just a few weeks ago at a podcasting conference in sunny Orlando, Florida. She has such a wonderful and inspiring story. And I was like, please come on the show and share your story with our community. So excited to have you here. And, you know, why don't we just kind of kick things off and just learn a little bit about, you know, a little bit about you and what you do in your show. Absolutely. I appreciate that. Um, So I, as you mentioned, Richard, have a podcast as well called the Sober Butterfly Podcast. And I like to describe it as a really helpful resource, right? So if you are sober curious, if you're looking to change your relationship with alcohol, or if you're already sober, then this is the spot for you because we talk everything fun. Like I believe that we need to dead this idea that like sobriety is boredom or sobriety means that the fun is over. So I really encourage my guests and other people who listen to the show to reframe their idea of fun first and foremost and then I also travel a lot so I'm a bit of a wanderlust so I love to integrate my travel and all my love for travel onto the show as well because before getting sober I love to travel it was like my favorite pastime but it definitely didn't look the way it does now wasn't as safe and so just having this opportunity to like still explore and be my authentic self and live in my purpose while sober it has just changed my life. And I think so many viewers at home connect to that same idea that like your life isn't over. If you become sober, it's truly the beginning. So yeah, that's a little bit more about my show, the Sober Butterfly podcast. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I love the work that you're doing and your journey. And, and I know that you had a journey to get to this point. So let's kind of wind back the clock a little bit and learn a little bit about you and what you know, how you got to where you are today. That's a great point. Let's rewind the clock because I've been sober for a year and a half now. I got sober summer of 2021. We're still in the pandemic, right? But that was sort of like the tail end of life resuming normalcy. And I'm air quoting normalcy, but like people just tired of being stuck in the house and wanting to go back out. So for me, I have a different experience in terms of what my life looked like in the pandemic Instead of sort of staying inside, I decided that I I was inside, like I was following CDC um, regulations. I don't want to like lead your listeners to um, have incorrect information. Like I was definitely like quarantining, but I was also traveling. So March 2020, um, I'm in New York. I'm an educator, so I, I work at a school. 
and the school shut down. So I'm like, oh, wow, this is unprecedented. Let me go check in with my family. So I went to Florida and I packed, I remember, a carry-on suitcase. I was like, oh, I'll be back in like a week. Little did I know this would turn into many months of quarantine. But I get to Florida. And when I get to Florida, Florida gets a bad rap for like quarantining and COVID and being in compliance with CDC regulations. However, early days of the pandemic, Florida was still on lockdown. So all of the gyms were closed. And I was, I'm a workout buff. I always have been very much in tune with my body and very much in the wellness space. So I'm like a daily workout person, but I was never a runner. I was somebody who enjoyed cardio. And if you told me I had to run, I would be like, fine, give me two miles on the treadmill. I'll do it. But for the sake of doing it, not for the love of actually doing it. So I get to Florida, all the gyms are closed. I tried for a few days to do the whole YouTube video. My mom has like a little setup in her place, but it wasn't doing the trick. So I'm like, you know what? I have the privilege of being in Florida in March, right? Where the weather is still nice and I can go outside. So that sort of sparked my first interest in running. So I started to run by the beach and every week I just started to push myself a little bit further. I think my first ever run was three miles consistently without stopping. And I was so proud of myself. I was just like, oh, who is she? (laughs) She ran three miles. (laughs) And then, you know, the following weeks, I'm very competitive with myself and with others. So I'm like, okay, great. You did this week, you were consistent, you did three miles. Next week, we're going to aim for four. And so that became my next goal. And I was able, my cousin at the time, she joined forces with me and she bought her rollerblades because she's not a runner. So she would rollerblade and I would run and it became like our daily routine. And I really started to look forward to those daily runs. Enter though. So that's one aspect, right? Fitness buff. I've always been in the gym, always cared about how I look on the outside. Behind the scenes though, we are still in a pandemic. I don't think I was really in touch with how I felt about the world potentially being over. (laughs) That's how it felt. And so I started drinking more frequently than I intended. So I became a daily drinker during this time. So I'm running in my evenings or mornings. That's always my priority, but I'm also drinking. And that also becomes a priority for me. But because I, as I mentioned, I'm very competitive and very hard on myself even in times when I should have taken a break and maybe not have run that day, I would push myself, Richard. Like I would like, no matter what, even if I'm hungover, even if I'm tired, even if, you know what, there has been a couple of times when like the alcohol hasn't completely filtered through my system. I'm still tipsy. I'm out there running. So I have that duality that sort of existed um, at that time inside of me where it's like, I'm super hard on myself, but I'm also not taking care of myself. So that was sort of like early days of running. I found that I had this like interest, right? A lot of people in the pandemic realized they had these hidden talents or passions. That was very much how running surfaced for me. At the same time, though, I'm not dealing with some inner issues related to substance abuse, for example, and just my feelings towards the world being on fire. So it was very complex. And so I was using running as a therapy, but also like, in that same breath, almost like a a force of destruction because I would punish myself. So it was like a very complicated, nuanced time in my life, but I'm still a runner and I'm sure we'll get there. (laughs) But that was sort of like the beginning days of my running career. 
I appreciate you sharing that. And that certainly was a difficult time and still is not, not the same as it was just a couple of years ago, but each of us kind of dealt with it and processed it in our own way. So I really appreciate you sharing your story. And, you know, I, I'd love to learn a little bit more about, you know, how your journey continued on the alcohol side, as well as on the running side. But, you know, I'll just share with you, you know, you mentioned about how your friend was a rollerblader, was not a runner. I would say for me, that's really interesting because running just strikes a strong emotion with people. You either love it or you hate it. And folks will say, I'm not a runner, despite the fact that they probably haven't run. Maybe they haven't run a 5K, but they're like, I'm not a runner and I hate running. So it's so interesting that you said that when you said your friend is a roller, not just a rollerblader, but not a runner. So not a anyway. runner. Yeah, so that that was interesting. But you were you weren't a runner either, but you chose running as your therapy. And that's another interesting point because we normally talk about running and fitness in the context of maybe losing weight or getting healthier for from a physical standpoint. And you're talking about it in terms of a mental standpoint. So I really appreciate you sharing that and definitely want to talk a little bit more about that as you, you know, kind of tell us your your story and your journey. Also, Richard, I feel like yeah, like running, I don't even think it was so much running. I found running. I think it was more so running found me. <laughs> like, I definitely felt like I was called to start running because it was just instantly like this moment of clarity. And I was like, wait, why have I not been doing this? <laughs> like, why did it take me 20 something years to discover the joys of running? So yeah, just wanted to like, so somewhat clarify that. Like, I definitely feel like I was called to start running. That's interesting that running chose you. And, and it's also wonderful for you to hear that you said that you really enjoy it. Like you really love this life of running. I'm probably putting words in your mouth, but that's kind of the feeling that I get from you. And that's what we're trying to do here with Inspired to Run Podcast and with our community is to introduce running to folks and show them the world that they may be missing, right? In the world of health and fitness that, because you get so many benefits from running and you may not even know it if you don't take that chance. So I really appreciate you kind of sharing that. And, you know, so tell us a little bit about kind of the, the movement piece. You mentioned those are, there were days where you're running, where you probably shouldn't have been running. Uh, you ran three miles right out of the gate and then started to push yourself to do more. So, you know, usually we try to help and coach folks just to even do their first 5K, just to get into the to the motion of walking and running and getting up to that distances. But you just went out there and did it. So tell me a little <laughs> bit about like, what was that? What was that like for you? What was the program that you followed? Or are you just trying to do it and then just kind of what worked for you? What didn't work for you? And yeah. That's a great question, Richard. So, okay, I am a rare beast in the sense that, like I said, I'm very competitive with myself and hold myself to such a high standard that sometimes it can be detrimental to my own well-being, if I'm being completely honest. So I'm not recommending per se that people just, if you've never run before, you just go for it, like for the three miles. But I definitely think something that you touched on um, is this idea that like, what is your why, like your reason, right? Like having a purpose or a goal in mind. So for me, like I was pretty fit going into it. So I, I knew I could run three miles. Um, it wasn't the most comfortable experience and I wasn't used to running outdoors because I do think there is a difference between running on the treadmill and a very like conditioned confined space versus being outside and, you know, taking in all the sights and the sounds and all of your senses. But, um, just to go back to your question, I think, sort of like a recommendation and thinking about like mindset is super important. So like 
having a goal for yourself that's not necessarily connected to any external motivation, like going into it because like, so what I'm saying is like, I wouldn't necessarily go into it in the same way that I did, which is like, I have to run X amount. And if I don't run X amount, then I'm a failure. Cause that was the mindset I had. I think instead it's like, start small, start just by like literally lacing up your shoes and getting out there and having like, of course, a, a goal in mind, but also not diminishing yourself if you don't reach that goal, right? Like if you have to stop, take that breath. And I think a lot of people don't realize with running, at least I didn't realize this, that a lot of it is psychological. It is you being in tune with yourself and telling your body or your brain signaling signaling to your breath, right? Like connection, like breathe because sometimes you can breathe through things versus sometimes maybe it's just a good idea to stop because you're on the cusp of a like a a fainting spell which I've had those two in the hot Florida heat when I was like I said in those early days pushing myself too much I didn't follow a designated program um which in hindsight wasn't the best idea (laughs) I just as mentioned had like you know, these arbitrary goals for myself. And once I hit that goal, it was always like, okay, you know, a week or a few days later, it's like, all right, you did this, you're comfortable. And now it's time to push yourself outside of your comfort zone. I did download Nike running app. So maybe I did somewhat have a loose plan. So I I used Nike running app because it's a free resource. And because they have guided coach runs on there. Although sometimes I find them to be a little annoying if the coach talks too much. I'm like, okay, less talking. Just like, get me there. But that's just my my preference and my mentality when it comes to stuff like that. But I towards my later, my longer runs, the coaching was really helpful. But I would just tell people, encourage them to have something in mind, a loose outline of what you want to do and be okay and be flexible if you don't necessarily meet that goal up front. But also in that same breath, don't get too comfortable, right? You kind of want to push yourself because we are very good in psychologically talking ourselves out of discomfort. And in that discomfort is where the growth really happens. So I know I said two very different things, like, but I think people understand where I'm going with it. Like have a goal in mind, be amenable, be flexible, but at the same time, don't coast. Does that make sense, Richard? No, it makes total sense. And I love what you said. And there's a saying that I, I've been quoting recently. I, I love hearing it. I love saying it. You grow through what you go through. And yeah. that's a little bit about what you're saying. You have to push yourself a little bit. And, and I love how you brought the conversation back to the mindset piece, because there might be to some extent that fear of failure. If I don't hit that 5k, then I'm not a runner and then I fail right. and I never want to do this again. Right. But I love how you mentioned that. And then the the motivation, I'm sorry, the movement piece around using the Nike Run app and just kind of using those tools to help you along your journey. Really quickly, Richard, because you mentioned something that I also thought of in that moment, which is the movement piece. I would tell people at home, if you're looking for inspiration to run, just start. Because I think sometimes we over-intellectualize the whole process. And I myself have gone through motions when I'm getting into something where it's like, I have to have the right gear. And if I don't have the right gear, then I'm not a runner or I'm not going to be take like take this seriously. But sometimes like you have to get over that perfectionism. (laughs) You have to get over that. Everything has to be the way it's meant to be and just start. So Nike was onto something when they had the slogan, just do it because you really just have to get out there and start running. (laughs) That's right. That's right. You know, let's let's talk a little bit, you know, switch gears a little bit and talk about 
what your journey was like on the alcohol side, because obviously you're in a much better place today and, and you're on a new path. So what was that turning point for you? Oh, that's a great question. Oh, no one's asked me that before. The turning point. So as mentioned, I was in Florida running, just starting to begin my running journey. And then I got really good. And without like an official training program, I, I was able to run consecutively 18 miles. Um, but throughout that whole process, me starting at three miles and getting to 18, I was still drinking um, heavily. So I, I think the turning point really had to have been when I got sober. And there are moments in which I tried to get sober and I would take a, a look break from drinking, never really a break from running that was consecutive. But I think maybe age played a role. Like I turned 30 and then the body just doesn't, <laughs> it's not as forgiving. And that was a big turning point for me, like feeling like, okay, I can push myself but like, I'm, I'm tired of doing the same thing and hoping for a different result. Like I'm, and I'm not optimizing my goals. Like I'm, you know, doing these things at the expense of my overall health. So it was almost contradictory, right? It was almost like anti the point of me getting out there to run, because as mentioned, running for me is so beautiful because of, of course it's a physical activity that you're doing to also optimize your health. But I get my best thinking done when I run. I, it's so calming at the same time, like, I'm able to like really think through things without even consciously like, I'm going to think about this today on my run. It just comes organically. And I, I love that so much. So I think like I, I could even attribute maybe a large part of my sobriety and getting sober to like having these, I like to call them like come to Jesus moments, but it's really like self-talk where it's me having those internal, that internal dialogue and recognizing that okay, change has to happen. Maybe at that time I didn't realize that the, the big change had to be alcohol had to be removed from my life. That was not the goal when I first set out to change my relationship with alcohol. But as mentioned, through the process of running and being consistent with my health and wanting to see a better version of me and just age and genetic factors, right? Like also alcoholism runs pretty deep in my family. So it was just like a culmination of different ideas that were perfectly in alignment for me to realize summer 2021 that a change had to happen. And in making that shift and that change, I actually started to have to fill the time. <laughs> so there was like a time void because if you're not drinking at the level of in which I was drinking before, like it's like, okay, now I need to replace that activity with something else. And a lot of people experience addiction replacement. So it's like you replace the bad thing with an equally bad thing or a worse thing, even in some cases. I didn't want that to be my story. So instead, I changed and channeled that free time and that energy into doing more races. So I'd never done any any um, running with a community community prior to getting sober. I used running as a tool of therapy, as we talked about. I used it as a way for me to talk to myself. And I think a lot of runners probably can connect to this idea that it's a great sport or a great thing that you can do with yourself. Um, but then I learned that it's also great to run with other people. So I started to do a sign up for official races with New York Running Club here in New York, um, Roadrunners. I started to actually sign up for real races, which was great. 
And I learned there's a whole community out here that exists. And I think community is the opposite of addiction. Those are not my words. That's something I've heard throughout the sober journey that I've been on. And I was just like, yeah, like that makes sense. The opposite of addiction is community because so many people use alcohol in a very isolating way or a coping mechanism. So it's a great way to like shift. We are social creatures by design as humans. So it's great to start shifting your circle and the way that you see even an activity that can be highly independent and collaborating with other people who are equally passionate about that same thing. You know, so thank you for sharing that. And I appreciate you sharing how running helped you along that journey. So as you mentioned, it wasn't necessarily a single point in time. It was something that evolved over time, but running was a big part of that. And I love what you said about kind of the, the time to yourself when you're running. Uh, yeah, you have the time to think and process. I do the same thing on my runs. I've been doing a lot longer runs uh, over the last couple of years since the pandemic, which I'll, I'll share that story in a moment. But it's really given me an opportunity to think about the podcast and just my life in general or things that I'm working on yeah. or my you know, or relationships with my family. So I really can you know identify with what you're saying there. Um, obviously, I'm not going through the same things that you were going through at the time, but running definitely helps helps you kind of think and process. So I appreciate you sharing that. My story, you know, similar to what you were talking about during the pandemic, what I did is I started running, uh, I'd say again, about five or six years ago, probably more consistently than I had been for a long time. And okay. gym shut down, which I normally ran on a treadmill. I normally did my workouts. Uh, at the gym. So I'm like, well, I got to keep running. I got to keep moving. So I did something I really didn't like doing or didn't do as much before, which was run outdoors. And that's kind of when I started my outdoor running. And then I started running longer distances, which was, uh, which it's been an incredible journey over the last two, three years. So I've had a lot of time to think and, and process thoughts during my kind of my longer runs. But um, yeah, so just to interject a little bit of my, my story. No, I appreciate you sharing that. I have a theory, Richard, I feel like this has not been proven, but I feel like a lot of people like you and I who weren't runners, except for, like I said, at the gym, on the treadmill, who become outdoor runners and then learn to love and prefer actually running outside. I think it's like, do you think it could be a control thing? Because I think I like the idea that like I'm in a controlled setting because when you run outside, like you don't control anything really like you're you can only control yourself so I think I had a big issue with running outside because I'm like okay the weather the weather especially in Florida so temperamental and with, when you're on the treadmill you can also hit that stop button hop off and you're done versus like if I run I have to be mindful like I have to go back so it's just like interesting I don't know if, if you maybe hear from other guests like do you think that there's a parallel between this idea of maybe being liking to be in control versus relinquishing that control when you're outside? I, I don't know. I, you know, from my experience, folks probably prefer running outdoors or not on the treadmill versus running on the treadmill. So you and I might be in the minority there, but yeah, I completely agree with you. So number one is weather. So we're in the Northeast and I'm not running in the extreme cold and the extreme heat. So that, you know, so don't right. want to do that. But also the treadmill, when you're speaking about control, the treadmill gives you that control in terms of the speed. Okay, I want to run this run at this specific speed and the treadmill's going to tell me how to do it, right? Mm -hmm. So you just set the setting and then you just go. And if you need to slow down, you could do that or speed up that you could do that as well. 
So yeah, so maybe there's there's something there, but after not running on the treadmill for so long, it's actually hard yeah. to go back. So I do it now if I have to, but it is not nearly as no. enjoyable as Agreed. running outdoors Agreed. now. Totally. So yeah, so let's talk a little bit about motivation. So you went through your journey, uh, you had, I'd say the kind of that point in time where you're now on a different path, you started your podcast, you're, you're running these races, you're with the community. How do you keep going? What motivates you to stay on this path and stay on track? That's a great question. What keeps me motivated? I mean, a, a little bit of it is vanity. I'm not going to lie. I like how I look <laughs> after I run. Like, I definitely feel like I feel stronger. I think I look better, better, like even like mental, like my mentality and like my mental state is better. Right now, I also have something to look forward to since I qualified for the 2023 New York City Marathon. That has been a dream of mine. Even before I started running, <laughs> I was always like, that's on my bucket list. And I was like, really? Like you don't even run, but like, that's the type of person I am. Right. I'm like, yeah, I'll just train. But, um, so yeah, I have this very set thing in, in my near future that I need to prepare for. So that's one aspect of it. But I think the main motivation is truly just how I feel and how I, I look like I just need it for my mental state of being. Like I can tell if I go too long without running, how it impacts my mood. It impacts how I feel my self-esteem. I feel like it's just something that I plan on as long as I'm able-bodied doing for the rest of my life. And a big part of me also having the motivation to sign up for the marathon or complete the qualifying um, races to do that is because I do meet older runners, but I'm like, okay, this is, I'm 31 years old now. Like this is the time. This is the time to really like get myself there just because I think from past years, not being so kind on my body and not taking care of myself in the way that I should have from the inside out, like removing alcohol has, you know, been tremendous for sort of recalibrating certain things. But like my knees, like I used to be really hard on myself when I used to work out. Like it was just cardio, 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 push, push, push. Um, Very much fixated on an external number. Like I wanted to weigh a certain amount. I wanted to wear a certain dress size. And so when you do these things and you contort your body into these different shapes and sizes, it has a long-term impact. I'm just going to be honest. So I do worry about like the long-term state of my ability, not to run, but to run a marathon. <laughs> so I say that to be candid. That's just my experience. And so I'm like, now is the time. Like I got to get in there and train properly. I think that's another part that I missed in the beginning stages when I was running those 18 miles on my own, probably wasn't doing it the best way. I was probably, like I said, still obsessed with, not probably, definitely still obsessed with, okay, you gotta like strive and be the best. Be the best for who? I have no idea. Because <laughs> literally just doing this on my own. So gearing up for the marathon, having a trainer, having a coach, having a community makes all the difference as opposed to doing it for the sake of doing it, but also like, not necessarily thinking about my long-term health or like the best strategies because it is an art form, right? There are techniques and I never learned those foundational techniques to get me there. So I like what motivates me is wanting to run, um, obviously complete this marathon, but also do it in a healthy way. That's not going to have severe long-term negative impacts to my health. 
as an older runner myself, I have to say that, yes, getting started earlier is, is definitely beneficial, but it's never yeah. too late, right? No matter where you are in life, in your journey, you can certainly get started and you can certainly do these things. There's a lot of amazing stories, amazing runners that get started at, at all points in their life. But um, but you're right, you know, that motivation to to do that next big thing like the marathon, which is it's slowly becoming my goal as well, that New York City Marathon, not 2023. Okay. But maybe 2024, it's on my list. So we're, we're going to see how this year goes. That's incredible. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited about that. I'm excited too. It's getting yeah, real. But I'll be watching your journey Thank too. Thank you. It's getting real, like nine months, T minus nine months. Oh my gosh. So yeah, I'm excited for that. And I need to train properly <laughs> and not leave it until the last minute. But as we talked about, we're both in the Northeast and I'm not, I'm not built like that. I cannot run outside in the dead of winter. I should, I should remove the word can't. I I don't run outside in the dead of winter. Um, so come spring, I will start to really take my training more seriously. But I'm ecstatic to get this life goal of mine checked off. And who knows? It may, I may be like one of those people who run the marathon every year. Because I know, I know people like that. <laughs> but for now, it's like, okay, mm -hmm. the way my knees have been feeling. Okay, I'm like, let me just get this marathon in and see how I feel afterwards. For sure. For sure. So I appreciate you sharing your story and, and all of these tips for our listeners. And, you know, one of the questions that I like to ask my guests to come on the show is what would you say was the biggest obstacle that you faced in your fitness journey, fitness and running journey? And how did you overcome it? Um, myself, <laughs> I was definitely the biggest obstacle. Self-talk is big. I think that I had to relearn how to talk to myself because I can be extremely critical very harsh in the language that I use internally. And I, I had a therapist once who said to me, think about someone you love. And I thought about my mom or someone like that. And she's like, would you ever use that type of language the way you talk about yourself to her? If she came to you in a vulnerable state or she came to you upset about something or after she made a mistake, would you have that same feedback? And I was like, absolutely not. I would never talk to anyone, even someone I don't like the way I talk to myself. And I, like I said, I could, I would just be so critical with myself in looking at specific goals I had set. And if I didn't meet those goals or if I had to stop, right, um, because my body was exhausted, I would just chew myself out. And so that kind of took some of the fun and the joy out of running, which is never a good thing because you should always do it for the love. And so... Yeah, that was the biggest like obstacle I had to sort of learn to overcome is just to be more forgiving and yeah, just be more forgiving of myself and understand that you are a human, not a robot. <laughs> and some runs are going to be better than other runs. Some days are going to be better than others. And it's okay, like pivot, use that intel, use that feedback and plan a better run the next time. But don't chew yourself out to the extent of um, now this isn't even fun for me because um, I did go through a little phase where it was like, I was just so obsessed about the numbers. And I think also I was doing it during that, remember pandemic, especially like not much happening in the world. So I was posting a lot of my runs on my social media and I was using it as external validation, right? Like the feedback I was getting, it was just like, oh my God, like you're such a great runner. And so I would like screenshot my long runs in the distance. And so I would, that was another thing that was not necessarily help, helpful or healthy to my long-term progress um, or sustainability in running because I was obsessed with 
how it looked from the outside, even though it was a deeply personal thing I was doing for me. So yeah, a combination of different things, but I would say definitely I was always and have always been my biggest obstacle when it comes to pretty much anything. Definitely words matter and definitely how we speak to ourselves matter. And, and I appreciate you sharing that um, because that's, that's where it starts, right? That the, the body is going to do what the mind says. And if you're hard on yourself or you think you can't do something or not good at something or whatever the case may be, then yeah, then you're going to believe it and you're going to act in that way. So definitely is a little bit of the power of positive thinking and as well as that Absolutely. So kind of as we wind down here, Nadine, uh, kind of as we wind down here, I, I'd love for you to share just one thing with our listeners that would inspire them to run. I think this whole interview <laughs> has hopefully inspired them to run. Um, no, that's a great question. I kind of touched on this before, but I it, I mean it, and it's the first thing that came, comes to mind, is start. Start somewhere. Even if you start by walking and then jogging and then running, that's perfectly fine. And do it like I mentioned before. Do it for the right reasons. Don't do it because you want to post your score or your your like little trail map on your Instagram, like what I was doing. Don't do it because... I would even say don't do it even for the sole purpose of losing weight. This is coming from someone that's been very fixated on weight um, because running, it's not just the physical, it's the the mental as well. And I think anyone can benefit if you're able to run, anyone can benefit from the joys and the, all of like the positivity and the, the positive ways in which it helps your body. Of course, just naturally that organically will happen. But I wouldn't say necessarily go into that for the sole purpose of wanting just to like lose weight, for example. That's been my experience, at least. I think the sustainability in the long term, if you want to really be a runner and get into running, it's so much more than just that. And it's there's lots of stats um, that can be, I think, a little daunting and overwhelming if you're looking at other runner profiles. And the way that, I mean, like anything, right? Like people are ranked and, you know, even when you run a race, like my first race that I signed up with, with the New York Roadrunners, which is the association that hosts the marathon here in New York, that very first run, it was like, they put you in a corral, right? And it's like, that's your letter. So it's very visible. And like all of those things, if things like that bother you or matter to you, I would say like, try and shake it off and just do it because you want to be there. Like run because you want to run and don't try not to attach other things to it. Just start because you're, you want to run and you know that it will benefit you in some way. You're going to take something away from every single run. So that's what I would tell people. Nadine, thank you so much. This has been such a fun conversation. Uh, I love your story and everything that you shared with our listeners. How can our listeners find you and follow your journey online? Oh, thank you. Thank you. First of all, I just want to say this has been such a joy. I really enjoyed being here talking to you, Richard. I love this platform. I think we need more people who are just encouraging people to A, get active, but like also highlighting. Um, I think you know, as a black woman highlighting running, I don't see too many black people out there on race day. And so I don't know what your target demographic is, but I just want to commend you so much for doing the work and like having me as a black girl come onto your show, because I would love to see more of us out there on the track. And I'm just quick, if anyone's seeing this, 
I'm wearing my Ted Corbett 15K um, shirt. And Ted Corbett is like a a giant in the in the black running community. So that was like a fun race that I did this past winter. And that was like a cold day. So I was super proud of myself for showing up. Anyway, to answer your question, people can find me on social media. All of my handles are at the period sober butterfly. I have Instagram, I have Twitter, I have TikTok. I also have a YouTube channel called at the sober butterfly where I host my vlogs. Like I mentioned earlier, I love to travel. So I'll do a lot of sober travel vlogs just to show people a different way of having fun on their travel journeys that don't or doesn't involve drinking. I also have my podcast, of course, which is called the sober butterfly. And you can find me on basically anywhere they host podcasts. So Apple, Spotify, iHeart, all the things. So yeah, that's it. I also have a website, thesoberbutterfly.com, so people can connect with me or email me if you have questions related to sobriety, especially um, email me, Nadine, at thesoberbutterfly.com. Wonderful, wonderful. So I'll include all of this information in the show notes to make it easy for our listeners to find you, which it's already pretty easy. I said and, a lot. Um, <laughs> it's the Sober yeah. Just Google the Sober Butterfly and you'll find one of my many different things. Absolutely. So they'll definitely be able to find you. So again, thank you so much, Nadine, for coming on the show and have a great rest of the day. Thanks for having me. Keep shining your light. I'm running. That's it for this episode of Inspired to Run podcast. We hope you are inspired to take control of your health and fitness and take it to the next level. Be sure to click the subscribe button to join our community. And also please rate and review. Thanks for listening.